Whether you're looking for a convenient refresher course, or a way to earn your Pragmatic certification at your own speed, or the chance to take a Pragmatic course from your specific corner of the world, then Foundations On Demand is the solution you need. Get the same great content, tools, and templates our Foundations course is famous for in a flexible and easy-to-use online learning platform. Learn the skills you need to build and market products people want to buy. And earn your Pragmatic Institute certification anywhere, anytime. No more travel worries, no more time zone issues, just truly great training. Experience the new way of training with Foundations On Demand from Pragmatic Institute. Visit pragmaticinstitute.com foundations to learn more. Hello, and welcome to the Pragmatic Product Chat Series, where we tackle the biggest challenges facing today's product management, product marketing, and other market and data-driven professionals with some of the best minds in the industry. I am Rebecca Calajaris, Vice President of Marketing and Product Strategy at Pragmatic Institute, and your host for this episode. Today, we are going to talk about the power of video. And I think it's continually surprising how powerful it can be from a product marketing and a product management perspective. And to help me do this is Ellen Grogan, Director of Product Marketing at Brightcove, founding member of the Pragmatic Alumni Community, and winner of this year's Peer Advisor Award for just being an all-around great mentor and a sharer of best practices within the community. And so we thought, why not get her on the show and have her share some of her knowledge with all of you? So welcome, Ellen. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. And congratulations on your award. Oh, thank you. It is such an honor. I was really happy to see that. All right. So first off, just for the audience, help us a little context for our conversation. Tell them a little bit about yourself and your background and why you're so passionate about product marketing and the power of video. Oh, you bet. So I have been in product marketing since 2001. That was my first marketing job ever. And before that, I came from broadcast journalism. So the company that I first started working for as a marketer in 2001 happened to be, I don't know, probably quite early adopter of a pragmatic framework. And so I took training there and doing that just really galvanized the broadcasting and journalism background I had in terms of listening and not only listening to the person that you're talking to in order to reflect their answer back to them and under, you know, show them that you understand, you hear them, but also listening to hear between the lines and really kind of test and, and probe for what are they going through? Uh, you know, what are the pains and challenges they're going through and how that, you know, came back to me in pragmatic marketing in terms of how you communicate your offering to them. It's not just here's our stuff. It's here's how we can help you. And so it all just really coalesced for me between my background, the company that I was working for, which happened to be in video and taking pragmatic training all at the same time. Oh, I think that's so powerful too. It's uh, We do talk a lot about it in our courses is, is the listening. And, and I think you said it really well too. It's not just the listening to what they say, it's the in-between. It's the things they don't say. It's the how they say it. It's the places they pause. All of that really gives us so much more 
And it's why the conversations are even better than like a written survey because there's so many things to go on. And I think it's a good it's a good segue too, right? Because when we talk about conversations and how much more it can convey, and I think that is one of the reasons that video is so powerful, right? All of that context we talk about that you can listen to and understand your market is much easier for them to reflect back with video. Yeah, it, it really is. And it's almost like, you know, as a creative tool, video, I guess that's sort of the first way that a lot of people might encounter it is creating something and, you know, experimenting and creating something new and visual, or even just having been a consumer of film and video and television, you just think of video as that entertainment value. But when you kind of bring in all of the pieces of it, which obviously is the visuals and the people on the screen and the dialogue, the sound, the graphics, like all that stuff is also just really, really powerful in terms of communicating information, which is obviously where I came from, from the broadcasting side of things. But it that, that just really connected the dots for me in terms of using it to convey and in highlight what's really, really important in what you may not have a lot of time to consume. Mm. Like if you're reading you know, documents and pages and presentations, you might not have a lot of time to do that. And you can really get a lot uh, across a lot more in video in a shorter amount of time too. So it just has that very potent feel as well. All right. So let's talk about some of the places that why you think, I mean, we talked a little bit right there about why you think video is powerful, but if you take a step back, why is video so powerful? How do we know it's so powerful? Yeah, that's very good. It's a good it's a good way to like go in a little deeper because I I believe that the reason it's so powerful is it is basically an empathy building mm -hmm. machine. <laughs> you know, if you think about this, and I'm in the pragmatic alumni community a lot and people ask about, you know, what's an important soft skill or we're interviewing a new product marketer or a new product manager, what's an important skill for them to have? And one of the most discussed ones is is empathy. And so it's definitely a vital component of, you know, our community. And with video, whether you're using it for marketing or sales or for entertainment, like we were just talking about, but also even if you're using it for onboarding and training or just even information sharing, it's a, it's a human thing. You're building a human connection with someone. And what that serves to do is show your authenticity. You know, we, we are people. We like to see people. We like to see them in their environment, hear their voices, you know, and what when you can do this with video, basically breathing life into the information that you're trying to convey. And it makes your content more authentic to them. And what it also does, it, it evokes a more attentive response because, you know, of all of those sensories you know, sensory uh, responses that you're getting in terms of the visuals, the audio, the text and things like that is you're getting attention. And that's mm -hmm. pretty much the goldmine for the communications that we are trying to disperse both in product marketing and in product management. That's a, I think that's a great perspective of why it, it resonates so much. And I know you also have some great statistics. So it's not just like our feeling that this works better. But you have some really good statistics about just how powerful video is. Yeah, that's right. That uh, that whole attention thing, if you think about it, the retention of the information that comes from video, people retain 95% of the information. And in some uh, surveys that we've seen, 90% of the information from video is retained. 
and co contrast that with text, people retain 10% of the information that they are consuming from text. So on top of everything else, this is very practical. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's I mean, a really practical tool. Those are huge statistics. If you just think about it, you have such short attention span, right? And, and if you can get 90 or 95% of your message through versus 10, that's incredibly powerful. And, it, and it's, it also means that you, you don't need as many touches, right? And another thing when there are so many things and, you, and you're trying to find the balance between touches and bombardment, uh, which no one wants, if they retain more, then it's building. I just, as a, a marketer, like there's not a lot more things that you could say, like they're more likely to watch it and they're more likely to retain it. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And it does. It's it's proven to work. And, you know, we've seen something recently from Forbes that says video is the premier vehicle for information delivery and visibility. So it's, again, it's not only a marketing thing, it is communicating, you know, yes. it just really revolves around that, that video. I, another thing you shared was that, you know, that the billions of content assets are created daily. Yes, uh, <laughs> 4.6 billion pieces of oh. content produced daily. And we don't see all 4.6 billion of them, but we're certainly inundated with, with digital messages, with all kinds of pieces of content, almost so, such that they become invisible in a way, right? Which is certainly counter to what we're trying to do with our communication. Well, you know, and I mean, you just, it's such a cultural shift to video too. Like, you know, I'm going to do the old, when I was a kid and I'm not walking uphill uh, in the snow, but... <laughs> Like, you know, both ways, right? It was terrible. But like, you know, you would go and you'd look it up in the old days, you'd look it up like an encyclopedia, but like, even though you would look it up in Google and you'd read about it. And now like everybody goes to YouTube to search on how to, right? They're not going to go read about it. They want to go see someone else do it and watch the video. And I find that such a, a fascinating switch, just an example of like, you know, how do I ride a bike? Everyone goes watch the video. How do I change oil? Like it's a video and you can see that the, the communication channels more effective and you can also see just as a society we're moving there as an expectation of how we learn yeah the guilty as charged and when you think about i mean i guess i've heard that youtube is the second most popular search engine so that totally tracks and and it's all you know again if we're going back to you know marketing principles or, or communication principles in general it's like show me don't tell me nobody just yep. wants to be told like when does anybody ever just want to be told it it's mm -hmm. That is definitely a behavior that we start resisting at about the age of two. We don't want to be told. <laughs> yes, so very true. It's like you met my daughter when she was two. <laughs> so if it's clearly more powerful, Ellen, and it clearly, if we retained more, it's how most people are finding us through search. It's got better conversion rates. Like, why isn't everybody doing what? Are, what is what is in our way? All of us from embracing videos, not just in marketing, to your point, but in onboarding for clients in our product materials and conversions. Like why, why aren't we just seeing it even more than we do today? Oh yeah. So I, I think part of it is it feels like it's a barrier that you have to overcome. It might feel complicated if you watch other people, you know, create a video, or even if you go onto YouTube and you search how to create a video, it's like, here's the list of tools that you need. Here's mm -hmm. the skills that you need. Here's the training that you need. And here's the exact environment that you need to be in in order to make it right. And so I think that the, it immediately just builds up obstacles in people. I think another side of that is, okay, I don't need to be the actual creator or producer of this video, but I can 
outsource that to a professional. And professionals can be costly. And of course, the better that they are at fulfilling the goal that you need them to fulfill, then the more expensive they're going to be. And that will be looked at internally as a big cost and people might question the value of it. So, so yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say, I think part of it is traditionally, right? Your departments were housed. You had a graphic designer and you had a writer and those are the resources that you had. So anything that went through that path seemed very easy and very accessible. This is obviously shifting and many companies have made the shift, but, but that first few times when you're like, we don't have that in-house, it sounds hard. It seems, it takes longer, right? Than like, oh, be real, I can very quickly write a brochure and put it with our graphic brand guides and off it goes. And, and the video feels like it has a, both a different set of resources than most companies had traditionally had, but also a longer lead time. Yeah, absolutely right. So it does have that feel, that weight of all the resources and the expense that goes into it. And it also gets, if it is not already a part of the culture, there's probably some skepticism about what what's it going to do for us. You know, that seems expensive. Show me the value. I don't think I'm going to get as much out of it, you know, or, you know, that sort of thing. So I think those are two of the big barriers to it. It does. And it does feel like that. And Sometimes, you know, once you've built a brand up around it and you have a look and a feel and some polish and more people have gained some skill in it, then sure, it might even, it might have the look like when you're actually a a finished polished product might look expensive, but it, but it doesn't have to be. I think there's two sides to it. One is it doesn't have to be expensive to create video. The creative tools are so accessible now. They're there's probably free ones just, you know, for video editing or t- t- capturing something with your phone and then turning it sideways and then putting a title on it and then uploading it or e- even just with Instagram and TikTok and Snapchat and things like that. There's all kinds of really super free, super easy ways to create the video. But also if you are investing in it, then you, and you are only looking at the cost and the resources, then it's going to feel expensive. But if you also look at it as an investment and see what it can get you in return, then that's when it, you start to see the ROI and you don't look at it as just a cost anymore or just this big expensive thing. You see it as another valuable way to reach your customers and get results from them. Well, you you build up an engine, right? So you're not weighing the reward and investment for every project, right? You have an engine who's thinking about not just executing the video ideas you have, but continually bringing in places that you're not even thinking about having video. I think that's a big shift for people when it goes from a project type of one piece to like a, a continual channel that they look at. I, I could not agree more. If you think about that, we, you know, think think about a company that said we, we have to you have to have a, a brand video. It has to be on the homepage. And so they hire out a production company who produces a really good, beautiful brand piece. And it goes on the homepage of the website. And then that's it. They have a beautiful video on the homepage <laughs> of the website. <laughs> but if they have a strategy and they, they have, at least on the marketing side, let's talk about if they have a strategy and they said, you know what, we do need to be speaking to customers in a more visual way, in a more connected way. Uh, we want to be talking to them in a way that can educate them and, or inform them. 
and gosh, maybe we can do this on some channels where we can see how they're interacting with us, you know, and you're actually gleaning information back from your customers and not only getting information out to them. Now you start to, like you said, build a machine that you can, you know, the, the engine is done and now you just have to put the fuel into it, you know, at the cadence. I think that's a good point that the way you put that too, like that you need a video strategy, right? Again, I think a lot of us are still on the video project aspect, but really what are you trying to accomplish? What segment of your audience is this particularly for? Like what all of those things really help you see it as, as a medium that could go across. One of the other things you talked about is there's so many more tools than there are that make this accessible. I think one of the places that, uh, that some brands get hung up on, particularly older brands that are transitioning into this versus having grown into it, is an uh, is a uncertainty about the level of quality required, right? We all see the sort of broadcast news level of production and it's amazing or broadcast television, right? And then we all see like the, the little TikTok videos. And do you have any advice for people when they're like, you know, trying to figure out how much investment do I need? What What is the most authentic? How do they help determine what's right for their organization? It, it really goes back to any of the buyer research that you do and, you know, what is that audience consuming today and what is their tolerance for, you know, different levels of professionalism today. There's probably some really wide swaths of guesses you can take if it comes to, you know, an industry that, you know, needs regulatory compliance information, then we can probably leave TikTok off the table. But <laughs> <laughs> but if it's, you know, but if it's, uh, you know, a consumer, if it's a consumer brand, I, I mean, you, you think about like, it can be the most casual one off just done that morning in front of a mirror selfie uh, that's, you know, put out onto the Instagram channel and people might flood it with likes, you know, and so there's, all, so there's really that buyer research that we would undertake um, for pretty much any investment we were going to make mm -hmm. in marketing is is where that would go but but to your point it's like these are it can't just be or it is not advised to be just a one-off thing now that we're doing this or if we do this we need to know what we're doing how many are we going to create make distribute we have to manage these we have to see how they're performing we have to distribute them on those all those different places that we're talking about to make sure they're in front of our customers track them are they even being watched are they being used you know all that all of that so so the creation side seems like a hurdle and shouldn't be too much of a hurdle once people have a machine together. And then there's the, wait a minute, it's not just all fun and games. Now we have to manage and track it, you know, mm -hmm. and, and there's, that's where the value is. The real value is in the intelligence that you're getting from having a program around video, just like any other channels, like what's working, what levers can we pull, you know, on this and boy, people really seem to get this far in the video series and then they just drop off what's happening and then flip those around and do some testing and experimenting and and just really tune it just like you would any message, whether it were in video or not. Well, and again, as you have a strategy and you have a plan and you build a machine which is going to take investment, to your point, then the results becomes more and more important and not just the results of how many views and how far, but how does that tie into to, to revenue or, or uh, faster onboarding time or whatever it is the goal for your video project? How is it moving the, the KPIs that matter to the business? I, I think, I mean, that that is always, a, that's a challenge with everything we do. But the, you know, when we're trying to dial up the investment in an area, we have to at the same time dial up our ability to really measure the success of it. Yeah, that's true. And 
you know, I'll use the marketing funnel as, you know, as an example, if you think about if people are looking at their KPIs in these different areas, you know, the awareness, the consideration, decision, and retention, video is the number one way for consumers to have discovered a brand that they eventually purchase. And, you know, in terms of campaigns and the, you know, the performance of campaigns is if they have video in them, they see 34% higher conversion rates if they're using video and back to something like a YouTube, 84% were convinced to purchase after they watched the video. You know, if it were a product video or a training video or a demonstration video, that kind of thing's like, oh, okay, I, this, this is going to move the needle for me. So it really does help people in marketing make that investment, uh, make that ROI argument for the investment. And, you know, and I maintain that for, for product managers, they're trying to get more people onboarded onto the system or get sales more, more well-prepared to talk about the software. You know, these same kinds of metrics apply, you know, it's going to resonate more. It's going to get people that to that aha moment sooner and it's you know going to make them more ready to sell on your behalf. Absolutely. All right, so we talked about production time and sort of overhead. Talked about uh, showing results, quality level, all of those sort of as some of the other challenges. Another one I was thinking about after we had talked sort of before the show was, I think one of the things about video is, as you said, it's how much you can go across in a short time. And there is almost countless number of studies that show you how short your videos should be to be the most effective. And yet there is an enormous number of videos that are way above that. They're like, everything I wanted to say, I've now said in three minutes, right? Because we know so much and we have one to go across. I think the switching the way you think about it, right? That it's a video strategy and you're gonna have multiple videos versus here's one video and it must cover everything. But I do think that time band is difficult for many people. Yeah, in terms of the time that it would take to create it, there's. I think almost with anything is you can start small, you know, and you can start with testing and you can start with like the lowest investment in terms of, all right, a camcorder, tripod and a light or a Zoom recording, you know, and there's all, there's different kinds of sales tools out there that just record, you know, the, mm. the salesperson introducing himself and then attaching that to an email and, and sending that out. It's very personalized just to that one customer that they're talking to. So it really, it, I think it has become way more part of our daily lives that it's, it is easier to bite off. It, it really is much yeah. easier to bite off than we can imagine. It's not this big mountainous thing that we have to surmount. Yes, yes. But, and I also, I think that I was thinking on the other way of time that many people make the mistake of making their videos too long. Oh yeah, yes. No, that's true. Yes. So uh, <laughs> there's definitely the no, no when it's enough, right? <laughs> yeah. And look, if you do have that strategy, then what you know is, all right. If I'm trying to get people to, if I'm trying to educate someone, I am going to create this whole thing, because someone who needs to will now have access to this whole thing. But now I have this 45 minute seminar. <laughs> I, it, and I managed to do this in nine, five minute slides or chapters. Why don't I just do a series? <laughs> and it's just yeah. a five minutes, you know, five minutes each series. And now I have all of these different ways where I can recycle that or just take it and, you know, high speed it and send it out on a, a TikTok or an Instagram reel or something like that. So you can, that, that's the beauty of it is now you have it. And you can recycle it and you can do so much with it. And you can say, okay, the, the 45 minute one isn't not working. 
but all of these five minute ones are working. Let's keep doing more of that. So there's, so that's, it's probably not going to come back and bite you if you made something too long, as long as you have a way to, you know, to repurpose it and do a lot more things with it. That was going to be my next comment is that I also think I'm probably not the only person on the call who felt a little remembrance pain of the, they did a great video and it lives on their homepage and there it lives. <laughs> but, I, but I do think that the idea of thinking of the videos and the footage as reusable and that they should be packaged different ways in the same way you think of, you know, PowerPoint presentations and modules, I think is another place that less mature organizations with their video strategy are still struggling with. It's true. And it probably takes knowing what, I mean, you have to know what you know, or you don't know what you don't know. So you can't say, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to create a video and here's all the way I'm going to use it. If you're not familiar with all of those different ways that you can use it. So I think having a, you definitely, the strategy at least has to start with, look, here's the audience that we need to reach and here's the things that they prefer. So at least let's start there and let us do some kind of, you know, conversation or message or promotion or something that connects those two dots, what they want to hear and what we have to offer. And it probably doesn't hurt to have somebody or talk to somebody who has expertise in video strategies. And there's, I don't think that it's, possible to not be able to find someone, you know, even mm. a consultant or a digital marketer. Most digital marketers will have video in their toolkit somehow anyway. So it's not, I feel like that you definitely have to have a little bit of knowledge about what your strategy is going to be. But if you have that strategy, then you're going to have to support that with the different pillars of where it scales and what channels, you know, to go out to and which are the right bite-sized pieces for which audience. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I know you've, you've been in, in video one way or another for most of your career. Do you have any really great stories of where you think either videos were a great success or you know, an occasional epic fail story, it's not bad either, but just some examples of where you've used it or seen it used successfully. One of my absolute like heartfelt ways for companies to use video is live video. I think if you think about a product launch, a major product launch, like you are unveiling the next model of the vehicle, the, you know, the, the autonomous vehicle or your electric car, or your next truck, or a, just any big product reveal. You know, I think especially, you know, during the pandemic, you couldn't get together that big audience. You couldn't hire out the big arena and like hold it there but you can do so much with live video with just a person standing in front of a green wall and the, you know, the, the PowerPoint behind them. I mean, there's just, it's so, I, I get really excited about how, about how companies can use video because there's almost, it's almost limitless, but you can think of the most big expensive event possible and be able to deliver it with one person, one camera and one green screen. It's, it, it, I, I get really excited about it. I think like people underestimate the power of a green screen and the affordability. Like they're not a lot. And, and it really it can change a lot of things, especially now that we're all working from different places. Uh, some of us have beautiful backgrounds just naturally, and some of us work in a lovely converted basement. Uh <laughs> <laughs> That's different right. degrees, right? <laughs> but it might as well be at Madison Square Garden, you know. Right? You, you might as well say that. <laughs> 
All right. So we talked about a lot of things. And I think one of the other things for people listening who are like, you know what, I think videos, hey, I've listened to Ellen and Rebecca and videos could be a really powerful addition to our launch strategy, to our go-to-market strategy, to our product communication strategies. But how do I convince sort of my organization to, to do the investment? And it's not overwhelming, but it is an investment to really start thinking of it as a strategic part of the organization and not just a one-off project. What are some hints you would give them for getting buy-in? The first one just comes from my years of being involved in this and just realizing how you can spread this across your whole organization, which really does lessen the investment from each of the departments because you can use video for marketing as we've talked about. You can use it for internal communications, for sales training, for certain other training, like HR training, uh, you know, it, you can use it for the corporate town hall. So even corporate communications can be involved in this. So it's very nature, widespread usability just diminishes the individual investment that people have to make. So I think that is just one thing that I'm just, you know, bringing from my experience. Another sort of angle that I'll bring is something that I just learned when I began my job working here at Bright Cove. And that that they had a Forrester had done a study, uh, a total economic study with Bright Cove and found that customers are realizing 225% ROI on the investment. And so that was like just a big, huge, oh, this is a no brainer, you know, for me. What we've talked about on, you know, in this discussion, Rebecca, is it it seems like it's a big insurmountable project. This person's going to have to get involved. They're going to have to figure this out. And, you know, one of the impact study results was that they're actually reducing the amount of time they're spending versus manually managing all these places where they're creating a video, posting it on YouTube, and then never thinking about it again, you know, all sorts of things. So there's lots of solid research now that's saying this can this can be used you know to demonstrate to your to your executives that oh yeah video not only is effective but is is going to make some internal savings as well awesome all right ellen we talked a lot about a lot of different things today if you could get our listeners to do two things differently tomorrow based on what we talked about today what would it be i would say let's see i'll start with the product management side of things. I think of like product documentation or a new a new feature that's coming out and how we're communicating that. And a lot of times that's going to be in a documentation website or internal Jira or or something. Tomorrow, take that piece of new feature documentation and instead just record yourself with a screen capture doing this and probably everybody has done this before on Zoom. So there's probably no new tools that they need. <laughs> to learn, but just record that instead of sending it out as documentation and put your own voice on it, do the screen capture. And then, you know, even go on to a free, you know, stock footage or stock audio site and throw on a couple of sound effects or a music track or something like that and send that out instead or in addition and just see what happens and see how people respond and see if that's something that people want more of. And Typically, that I mean, it's always going to be we want both, uh, but <laughs> no one ever wants to be... say no to something. They're like, oh, if I can have two, I'll take them. <laughs> and, and I'll, you know, I'm going to go on the site. It's like it's easier to do it too. Like typing mm-hmm. is the worst. Ah, now I have to think about it this way. Now I have to bullet, and now I have to reformat it. And this, it's like, no, do it in a video and just get it out. And it's just 
boy, so you have that 95% retention and it was easier for you to do. So I guess that (laughs) everybody, nobody minds a flub, right? If you misspeak on here, or if you have a word that you go to all the time, mine is awesome. As most of our listeners will know, like it's okay because it's very natural. But like when you're writing, like, you know, the level of expectation for polish and improvement and grammar checks and things are just very, very different. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. And I guess as an action on the, if I'm speaking to my fellow marketers, maybe it's, this is more of a homework type thing. So I'm not going to say that this is going to, you know, win any, you know, kudos, but maybe <laughs> look, look, see if you can find all of the videos that the company has produced, mm. or, you know, see, are they all over the place? You know, is there some way that people are tracking them? Or are we just using the metrics from each site that we posted it on to inform us? And, you know, are we just looking at those individually, like YouTube is doing this, let's put another thing on YouTube, you know, that sort of thing. So I guess it would be just sort of look at that diaspora video that might already be out there or even internally. And if it's performing, if it looks like it could be promising, you know, see if you could create a video that this would be a longer term thing than one day, <laughs> but at least like to, you know, see where it is and, you know, see if there's any areas to identify that you could create a strategy around. That would be my, uh, that would be the uh, takeaway. I think that's really smart too, because it is not, you're right. I don't know that there's any marketers listening here who are starting from zero zero with videos, but do you even know what you have? And I, I think for many people, it's we probably don't have it all in one place that we could look at and not have a, a good sort of audit of what's available. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. All right, Ellen. Well, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for coming on. It was my pleasure. It's great talking to you, Rebecca. Thank you. All right. And thank you all of you for listening. That does it for today's episode. Join us next week when we talk about another great topic designed to help elevate your product, your company, and your career.